Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So being on this side of the pond, I don't get to see a lot of baseball games, but I'm going to be crossing the ocean to see the Pirates. No, no, no not, to, <laughs> not to see the Pirates, but but it's a it's a beneficial thing. One might be forgiven for thinking I was coming to see the Pirates 16 and 7 so far in the early going. This is not expected. <laughs> I, yeah, well, they haven't sold all their players yet who are doing anything. <laughs> like, what are you doing winning us games? Get out of here. As as we have discussed, I mean, look, their run differential is plus twenty five. So one might expect that in the NL Central they're going to get passed by the Cubs and and the Brewers, who are better in in run differential, mm-hmm. and or you know the cynical view that they're just going to sell other players. But this is a good result. This is an unambiguously good result for that team. Yeah. Well, you, weren't you talking about you were talking about the A's, right? What what, yeah. what would you rather yeah. do? Would you rather have a bunch of quadruple A players that have just been around and are professionals, or would you rather have mostly kids and the pirates are playing the, the answer is obviously kids <laughs> the answer is obviously yeah. kids i mean the the proof the proof is in the pudding here oakland has won four games and they've lost 18 and pittsburgh has won 16 and they've lost seven i mean look do we expect that to continue i i didn't look at what the scraper what the scraper tells me but i i mean it's good it's good it's a fun team is this because andrew mccutcheon said i want to win here just bring in the old gray hair to uh, to teach the kids some the ropes, yeah. I mean, if, I feel kind of bad because we we explicitly made fun of him for saying that quote, which is why it's stuck in my head. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, hey, have a, I mean, having a grown up in the room is helpful. All right, that was my that was my big MLB note. So let's move to some some more relevant fantasy stuff here. TGFBI check in. Um, Don't. Let's start with bad news. Let's start with bad news first. <laughs> you're you're down. Let's just leave it at that. You're down. We got to fix some what stuff. Am I and I actually have a key. 238 right now. Yeah, Ugh, and I, um, I'm, I did not. I'm do at 14. Well on ad drops. I I don't have. I have two. I'm gonna be playing two guys on the on the IL, which is great. I need to ask. Yeah, I was gonna ask you the specific question, the thing that's on the tip of everyone's tongue. What do you do if you have Logan O'Hop? A Logan O'Hop. <laughs> I don't know. Just grab a Guinness. And I mean, he's, he's out until September 1st, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's he's more or less done for. Yeah, especially because who is, he, is there even going to be a roster spot for him when he comes back? I why would there be? Why would there be? Oh man! So I think I think this. I mean, that to me is the big the big conundrum. I got the only even what I would consider remote, remotely workable person on my waiver wire, Blake Sobel. <laughs> cool. Oh, oh, that's fun. <laughs> who play? Who at least plays frequently for the Giants? He's not good, but he does play. So I think. Is this the part where my team starts to fall, starts to go into free fall? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what? So, wait, just quote the numbers for for the listeners at home. Which numbers? The part where Logan O'Hop is out four to six months? No, no. Where were where, where our standings? Where are? Where are we oh, oh, oh. Standings? All right. So you're you're at two thirty eight. I'm at at fourteen. Which which again is is for me is standing pat from last week. Although. I was up to five midweek, so this feels like a big regression. Yeah, you do. This, you seem actually. to be. There's sometimes. 
teams or midweek teams, and week there are times sometimes that they're weekend teams. You have a midweek team. You don't have a. Oh, I'm a mid. I'm a midweek team for sure. All right, quick digression. The Mando season ended. Yeah. <laughs> did you Did you realize Did you realize we were heading to the end? <laughs> like, one should have logically known it. Did I know that last week was the penultimate episode? No. Yeah, I had no idea. Did I come to that realization? I actually did come to the realization after after the episode, and then like it, during the week, and then I start. But then I started watching the episode, and I was like, "Wait, they're kind of playing this towards it's like the last. Oh, it is the last episode, isn't it? Okay, well, let's see how much they they get through." I literally had no idea until I read the synopsis blurb, and I was like, "That sounds like an end of season." Like, oh, it it is it the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> like. And then, and then I agree with you. The minute the episode starts, they're like, "Wow, okay, we're gonna finish this all up in half an hour. <laughs> like, we're gonna finish this season up in half an hour." That like, was tidy. Where they can it was to. quick. It was tidy. It was tidy. Honestly, is it the end of the whole thing? I mean, you like the next season has to restart a new arc in some way, right? It'll be season like a, four. Like a like a big like a big new arc, right? The Mandalorians are on Mandalore. Like the show is called The Mandalorian. Like he's just going to look for new jobs. I mean, it it literally feels like you could start, you could restart season one next season, and we wouldn't have really gone anywhere, right? Because the big the big arc we need to rediscover the Mandalorians or retake Mandalore is not even a thing that we knew in in season one. So you could easily say like, oh, season one actually starts here now from this point forward. To me i have had the same thought yes this is this is a bifurcation point we're gonna go into something new season one was basically uh grogu figure out this grogu thing create a relationship season two was how can he live post grogu oh i can't so i'm gonna go get yeah. him and then season three was mandal like planet of mandalore shit yeah and yeah. so season four, but we had with the um, captain, whatever the fighter pilot's name, position is, it's going to be, if Thrawn is coming, this is the season for it. So I agree. But that to me, again, feels like a big new restart. Maybe not. I'm maybe not saying can, it's not. Can... It is. That is a big restart. That is a different, he is going to be working, he's going to be doing a lot of mercenary stuff for the republic new republic yeah okay so i think yeah i mean i agree there are too many loose ends in the in the big storyline obviously but to me it was just like if you ran this slightly differently this could have just been the whole the whole thing you could just be done i yeah a little bit too but, much like uh boba Book and boba and honestly i'm a little yeah exactly but i'm a little freaked out about coming back for another season because you know they're just towing that line of like trying to retcon seven eight nine into <laughs> episode seven eight nine into something that makes sense and it's just like i personally just don't think you should go there no no there's too much talk of cloning i know i know so we're i mean we are headed there and that's that's my fear is like when we come back for season four that's anyway i i, I mean i sound really negative but i actually i actually thought the ending was pretty good i was actually pretty happy it was fine yeah it wasn't come on it was unimaginative it was a C plus, maybe. This week on the pod, we're going to take a look at what the early season has meant for how, st- how statistics accumulate. The idea of 
if you really like James Outman's performance this year so far, should we actually trust it? Obviously not. But what does that mean? How can we put some numbers to that? What kind of tools might we think about developing in this? This is kind of this is kind of phase one of this. And so I'll just present kind of what I've been thinking about. And we can kick around a lot of a lot of raw data. So this is the end of what people would normally call week three, I think, in fantasy baseball. You know, we're we're 23 games in or so. There have been, you know, roughly three and a half weeks of gate of baseball. Lots of stories of over-under performance. And the one that I highlighted in the intro. James Outman is the number three player on the player radar right now. <sighs> yep. <laughs> and it's and it's it's things like that. It's things like that that concern me a little bit. But then you look at who is around him. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the um the fangraphs war fangraphs war rankings here. And it's it for the most part, it's kind of guys that make sense here. James Outman was a was a purposely hand selected bad choice, but no, number one's Acuna. Number two's Nemo. You know, a little weird, but he was drafted early. He's Pete Alonzo. Second round. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Chapman, Xander Bogarts, Max Muncy, Mike Trout, uh, Sean Murphy. Obviously, I called that one. Um, you know, and then it starts to get a little a little weirder from there. But so my que- my big question is, you know, are these performances that we should believe? When should we believe performances? And on the con- on the converse side, when uh-huh. should you start to worry about guys that are that look like they're underperforming? I was just involved in a potential trade offer for Josh Bell, who has been just <laughs> like atrocious this year. And the question is: Is Josh Bell actually that bad? Will Josh Bell get better? You know, or any any number of other guys here? What do you what do you normally use as your as your rule of thumb back of the envelope? How many weeks in are you like? I trust this now. Now, okay. Now, now. it's three weeks. Three Casually weeks in now. is where I think that I start to think of. I, I start. I I stop thinking of preseason rankings and start thinking of this is like this is this is what we have. I think me too. And let, let's try and put some numbers to that though, because you know we're we're a number a numbers driven podcast. We don't necessarily just want to think three weeks is good. So let's focus a little bit on hitting stats here although i'll tease some of the pitching stuff it's harder to develop the pitching theory so we'll come back to that so what did i do i looked at on rates of stat accumulation on a per game basis everything here is normalized by plate appearances the reason that we do this is because um, all of our rankings are based on this uh this just gives us just gives us a comfortable denominator for for more or less everything and what I did now is I'm not slicing things by individual teams. I'm not slicing things by individual players. I'm just looking at league-wide what is the rate of a stat accumulation right. as a function of plate appearances. And this, to me, is the the most coarse-grained convergence function you could possibly imagine. <laughs> like, this, these numbers need to be converged or before you can even start to think that anything else could possibly be converged. There's Yeah, what is the term for that? And the base theory. Ooh, I don't know. Is there a term for that? Like if there, there is, is, I'm missing it. That's. So I think I want to see that these. I want to see that these values are more or less stable, and then we can kind of go from there. I, how this maps to players is slightly less clear to me, but let's go ahead and put that away for a minute, and you know, let's let's just ignore that for a second. <laughs> we'll come yeah, back to yeah, it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what did I do here? So for each game day, and there's variable numbers of games. I looked at how the home runs per plate appearance, let's just use that as an example, accumulated, uh, how the cumulative function looks. So the first thing that you can see is that I gave you the values in previous years. 
this is why I was saying that there's so much buried in this because you can see how these actually change from from year to year. I think most of this is due to MLB experimenting with baseballs <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, well, we've had a really but, dynamic. We've had a really dynamic four years. The last 2022, yeah. 2021, 2020 were anomalously weird seasons given the the pandemic and what having a abbreviated season will do. Exactly. And so I want to take a look at so I want to take a look at uh, at the current season, not only the convergence, but also in the context of previous seasons, just to give us a sense of, you know, when you see that guys are, are really mashing. We had this question in one of our leagues, which was uh, in a group chat in one of our leagues, which was like, is it really true that home runs are high this year? Or is it just that, you know, we're <laughs> the way that we've all randomly selected players that were getting particularly more of them than the other than we're getting particularly more home runs than you would expect Mm -hmm. and my analysis here is shown 2019 way high home runs 2022 relatively low for home runs 2021 somewhere in the middle and just to give you a sense of where that number is it's roughly three percent three to three and a half percent of plate appearances end in a home run which is kind of nuts yeah three percent yeah you'd think that during a, a regular um baseball game then you'd see some home runs you would think that you would think that and that in quantifying this uncertainty in the (laughs) quantifying this uncertainty in the range of outcomes is actually also super interesting to me and we'll dig into that maybe in a second okay so what did i do so as a function of game day number for this year i just plotted the cumulative number of home runs divided by the cumulative number of plate appearances okay you immediately see that there's what I would call a burn-in period where the numbers Mm -hmm. just are not even remotely close to what you expect them to be. So for the first five games of of the year, first five game days of the year, the home run rates were anomalously low. Just not, just the first five games happened to be a very low number of home runs. Yeah, but we're talking, it's in March. (laughs) I know, no, 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 I I completely agree. And and we'll see when we talk about the other stats that home runs are, are, weird all on their own anyway mm-hmm. uh but then you see after that this function is pretty flat i mean this, this yeah, there's number still is some pretty variation flat. it's and then now we have a little bit of a trend here over the last 10 games of a slight downward trend so mm-hmm. there's still some movement and movement downwards there there's definitely still some movement downwards and i'm actually kind of i'm i'm interested in that so we're very close to the 2021 rates right now so if you were like in your head thinking how does this how does this season home runs compare to other seasons it's kind of like 2021 there's a little bit more action this year than there was last year which is should already be a little bit surprising given that Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs last year <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh but we're a little bit down we're we're a little bit up from that a little bit down from 2021 I am really interested in these long-term trends I'm really curious what the oscillatory behavior of this looks like because you're wanting to try to find something underlying is in the ball or because you're just, you're like more <laughs> interested on what those debt time series analysis will bring. No, I, I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, be in the bag for MLB here and be like, I don't care about what the ball says. I just want to see some baseball. So I, I, I'm, I, it's the latter for me, the time series analysis. We've thrown around this idea before. I think you're, you're a big champion of this idea that, as the summer drags on, things get hotter. The mm-hmm. ball flies a little bit more. Okay, I want to see that. I want to see that in this in this series. I I do too. Yeah, I, I would love to watch this the whole season. You don't have this for last year, right? The whole 
whole season. The I didn't make it yet, but I this is kind of I think I mean I should make it. It's not hard to make. Um, I just set it going. I kind of wanted to do this for the relatively. I had a clear question on convergence, and then. I thought like, oh, actually, there's a ton of information here. I should think about what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Will so will there? Yeah. Will there be a sine curve that that we see? I'd love to know, and that's that's the kind of thing I want to know because that actually <laughs> that effect is going to be relatively small. But if you're in a whole, if you're in a full season roto, and you're like, I'm a little bit behind on home runs, but August is coming up. Can you like? That feels like actionable information. Right. Well, we need this also by stadium because I will say from watching, Absolutely. from going Absolutely. to a lot of Target Field games, it's clear that balls leave the stadium in the middle of the summer when it's hot. It is so astoundingly hot in that stadium. You just feel like the lift of the ball as it as it as it hits off the bat. Wherein, and then you go to the if you go to a game in like August in Target Stadium, and the next game you go to is in May. And that first time you hear the crack of the bat, you're like, oh, wow, that's going to be a home run. <laughs> wow, you missed by like 30 feet. It just died. Yeah. It just died. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like 58 degrees. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. The, the sound of the off the bat is totally different. I think it, yeah. Uh, was I was I've saying, of course, it was like you hear the sound of the bat and it's, and it's like, yep, that's where it's going to go. <laughs> it's, it, it is gone. <laughs> There's no question. I, I like that idea, this this idea of doing this by stadium. I took a note. I'm definitely going to do that. I'm also showing how much the dispersion ranges from day to day. So these little points are the, the individual day values, so not wow. summed up. So you're seeing that on any given day, you can get down as low as 2% of the game, of the plate appearances. Well, for sure. If you, I mean, if you have rain, rain conditions. Yep. I mean, weather, there is a correlation. There's got to be a correlation between weather yep. and, and home run ability. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally agree. So I, I need to do, I need to wrestle with this a little bit more. So home runs, I think, are actually the most interesting one to talk about because the other stat series. So I looked at, well, we'll we'll talk about stolen bases as a different beast. I'm just gonna whip through quick hits per plate appearance, runs per plate appearance, RBIs per plate appearance, which is sorry, which is the lower right corner here. Um, these are all more or less expected. They all kind of track with home runs. They're a little bit less extreme. So I would actually use home runs here as the the leading indicator of of convergence. Basically, if you if you look at the home run series and you have information based on that, you can map that pretty well to okay. runs, RBIs, hits. Um, all experiencing a little bit of a trend of a trend downward here. So maybe this is just like you know week three pitchers have started to figure it out a little bit more. Your early season energy is as a hitter is worn off or something i mean managers are starting to figure out which pitchers not to pitch that too how long that too yeah no there's a lot of there's so many vectors to consider i know so so we should test all of i mean i'd love to just write down a list of all those things and kind of test them i'm gonna gonna think about that uh so anyway top line top line answer i think now we're officially converged okay in in the sense of so after i actually think that a week ago, you could have made an argument for converged. I think now, after seeing this little dip, yeah, little dip. I actually don't think that's convergence. I think that's long-term trends that are actually important. So I wouldn't treat those as convergence. I would treat those as, okay, something new is going on that we should try and understand. Yeah. Okay, here's okay. the crazy one. Here's two, two speculative ones. First of all, stolen bases from plate appearance. This is the one that I think is probably, that everyone is probably asking for. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because what you see is that Stolen bases per plate appearance has gone up by not quite a factor of two, but not 
not not a factor of two <laughs> in this year. So there's there's four lines here because what okay. the S lines here mean in the solid curve means those are the actual successful ones. Oh, the attempts. A's mean oh, okay. attempts because because of what I was really curious about is like how much more frequently are guys being sent and what is the gap between being sent and success rate, for example. Oh. It, it is huge. Attempts is almost more important. When I'm looking at stolen base guys, like the number of attempts is a lot more interesting than the number of successful stolen bases. Totally agree. Oh, okay. But, all but right. All right. This but, makes sense. Yeah. So we do. It is like a factor of, well, not quite a factor of two. Not right? quite a factor yeah, of two. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I wanted, but I was interested in looking at the success rate this year because the bases are bigger <laughs> and it's harder to pick guys off. And it's not, the success rate is not that different. It turns out the thing that's different is that everyone's being sent more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, I mean, the attempts are way up. The attempts are now somewhere in the neighborhood of 2.2%, whereas last year you were talking about 1.7%, and a year before that, 1.6%. I mean, that's those are big differences. Yeah, it is a pretty big difference. And we'll see if, I'll be interested if this continues across the year. I think it will. There again, that's it's going to be weather dependent. You're going to see a lot more of that totally when it's totally. warmer because you don't want to be hitting the ground when it's cold. Don't you? I guess you do have a little, typically you do have like a shirt on underneath. Yeah, the big the big Buxton gloves. People are stealing in gloves these days, you know. So a little warmer. A little I just wind, want to have the wind gloves resistance. on. Yeah, can you just imagine um, Joey Vada just being, just give me those gloves? I'm just going to wear them going around the bases slowly. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Big old Canadian. Uh, All right. So what is this winds thing? Okay. All right. My one foray into pitching, I think, and I'll I'll figure out how to how to post these somewhere and, and try and discuss them and, and try and update these as well. But my one foray into pitching, the one that I'm really interested in is what's going on with wins? It feels to me like wins have been harder to come by. Yeah. You know what? They have they been. are harder to come yeah. by. <laughs> they are much harder to come by. As a func as a function of games started for just the starters. So what I did here yeah, is you yeah, look yeah. at all the guys that started games, the, the win rate per game started is substantially down. So it was, it's was it been north of a third for the past three years, and now it's 0.3. So you're talking about at least 10% down from where it's been in previous years. Again, we'll see if, that, if there are changes by longitudinal changes, if there's a point in the season where there's more, um, more capturing of that stat. No, again, I would, yeah, capturing is the right way to say it. Again, I would love to study that because that these, if there are long-term trends that are repeatable, that's actionable item. Roto, it it helps. Completely actionable. Yeah, exactly. Because then that means, I think that it is because I remember us having a a discussion early in this, like a third of the way through the season one year where it was like, wow, relief pitchers are getting so many wins. And then by the end of the season, it was like, oh, no, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, yeah, so it, it may just be that that's happening again. I mean, maybe this is a long-term expected trend in the sense that, like, okay, actually starters aren't fully up to speed yet, so they're kind of they're kind of working their way back up to it. They're getting so, it, well, especially yeah. with spring training being shorter and rotations yeah. not being fully understood yet. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit more jerking around. Yeah. That's what we banter about. So, so maybe cool. that's it, but, I mean, let's just say that, you know, twenty last year, 2022, 0.35 35% of starters ended with a win. And remember that the, the hard cap on this is 0.5, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, this, is like an EPL, this is like an EPL. Like, there are three outcomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> win, and loss, hard, nothing. 
Yeah, exactly. And now now we're looking at something like 0.3. So you're talking about wins are 16% down from last year. So as much as I've been tearing out my hair trying to get wins in multiple leagues, um, maybe I maybe I shouldn't yet be worried about that. So I think, should I be worried about that? My convergence for being worried on wins is low. How about that? Sure. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep working on these. I'm gonna make these. I think I will make them for 2022. Um, let's kick that around a little bit. I think that about brings us to the review session. Christian Walker. Christian Walker day to day right now. Really yeah. don't like that since Not I think we both timing. have him. <laughs> um, all right, he's on the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's played 21 games this year, 87 plate appearances. So keep in mind that's a little bit of a converged rate. We think three weeks. Um, unfortunately for us, if these stats are converged, <laughs> he's got three home runs, eight runs, 14 RBIs, and he's stolen one base. Congratulations. And a 241 average. Um, that's not what we were hoping for. No, no. No, it was not. It is not what we were hoping for. We were hoping for a continuation of last year in which he hit 36 home runs, had 667 plate appearances, was a general everyday player was a late bloomer and we're hoping to continue that he's 32 (laughs) yeah i mean the blooming the bloom the blooming is over (laughs) i think um you know okay we we didn't get him for average right 247 is like his is his career that's fine um you got him because we thought that that 36 home runs last year was a was a real number in 2019 he hits 29 home runs um every other year has been a little bit shortened by for various reasons he plays 115 games in 2021 uh yeah i mean we both picked him because the dream was he is last year's guy and that's a good those are good numbers Mm -hmm. yeah and um yeah and right now it's his walk rate is down his carry is about the same as, as usual his isolated power is down wow it's really down um, his BABIP is right in line with what you would expect. So, so what? He's a two ninety, <laughs> uh, two fifty eight. His BABIP is two fifty eight. Two fifty eight. He was two forty eight last year. Dang, he's like the most lumbery guy. I mean, that's low, right? It is low. Yeah, we, we'd want to see something more in the, like the two sixty uh, to like seventy hmm. range. I think maybe maybe I should have looked at the BABIP before we drafted him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at his, his his average exit velocity is way down this year. Yeah, I think. I mean, what is the injury that that he's struggling with? Um, right now. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, he just he, well, he got hit with a pitch. Yeah, he got hit by a pitch. So that and that's that's not a worry. I mean, it is kind of a drag because he's been so durable in previous years for the most part. In 2021, he was he was out with an oblique, but. Mm. Oh, right. In 2018, he missed a bunch because he broke his face. <laughs> yeah, so he's well, he he's a player that we're going to have to decide pretty soon here if he's um, if we want to continue investing in him. Well, the problem is I think you own him in TGFBI, right? I do. Double double down. Double dose. I mean, right. So so TGFBI, we're kind of, our hands are kind of tied. That was like a – because based on where we're talking about him, right? We're talking about him in the, the 10th podcast of this year. Uh-huh. you're more or less stuck with him in your starting lineup. I mean, what what are we going to what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, TJFBI, he's there. He's he's in your starting lineup and you're just you're going to go from expecting him to get 30 home runs to 20. 
Okay, that's a fair. That's a fair thing. Yeah. Because right now he's he's on pace. RBIs. He's over. He's on pace for a hundred, and um, which is big higher than the project the the preseason projections. His home runs are definitely down. But maybe I don't know. Maybe he he's part of this. He needs the summer to to warm up and and sort of hit it. Runs are way a, down. He, he plays in Arizona. What's he waiting for? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I, I I agree. The runs the runs being way down, and it's weird because you didn't think that the Arizona team was going to be, the Arizona was supposed to be on a little bit more of an up this year, right? Yes. And so you you don't like we don't really like to see this. No. But I mean, but maybe he's. I mean, you know, players make the team, so maybe he's the problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's several player players are underproducing, yeah, no. except for um, I, everybody is still really in on Corbin Carroll. Wow, the Cor- Corbin Carroll's young. I mean, Corbin Carroll's a different case than 32-year-old Christian Walker. Yeah, well, I mean, he got replaced yesterday in the lineup by Spry Chicken Evan Longoria. No, 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 don't don't get, like, okay, to be very clear, there is zero concern that Christian Walker will be in the lineup every single day, right? <laughs> unless he's unless he's got hit in the forearm by a pitch. Yeah, I know. I think that, I think that he has he has a pretty good spot. He's been batting fourth all year, right? So yeah. that's why his RBI numbers are good. That's why his runs numbers are low. Is but that that that's it. That the rest of the team is is not really batting the way that you would expect them to. Um, Jake McCarthy finally has uh, Jake McCarthy turned into a pumpkin. I loved him preseason, but it seems like he might be droppable. Um, he's lost his spot in the on the team. Goriel, Pavin Smith, Gabriel Moreno, Moreno Alec Thomas, Geraldo Perdomo. This is not a deep team. No, no, no. I mean, it's it is a team that is, um, it's a it's a team that is meant to be good at the top. I mean, they're doing they're obviously they're they're twelve and they're twelve and eleven right now, and they're they're, they're five, obviously five hundred outperforming what what you last expect year. for them to to do. Well, not hard for them to outperform last year, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm generally. I take your point. I'm generally a little bit worried about Christian Walker. You know what? I I'm actually talking myself into this that I'm not long term, especially what? for a, a long term roto. I'm not actually that concerned because his numbers are down for um, his numbers are down for home runs, but I think his isolated power is down for the year. So let's hopefully that that can come back up. So there's there's something there. His batting average is exactly where it's supposed to be. He wasn't supposed to steal bases. Okay, so that's three of the, the categories. He's actually sure. above on his RBIs from what we expected. And it's because okay. the one through three are pretty good. He is below on his runs. Now, that's the ones that I'd be concerned about, that he's probably 25 <laughs> runs lower. Yeah, And I don't see that one getting better. But I do see his home runs getting better. And well, I don't see it getting better meaningfully, but I think by the end of the year they'll probably have a better, uh, they'll have a better understanding for six through nine in their order, which would help his runs total. So, so Fair. I think this is I, this is probably a guy that's a buy low uh, for if if someone's saying like mm-hmm. bargain basement, go for it, give me Josh Naylor for um, Christian Walker or something. Oh. You know, there you could probably make some some. Hey, by trading for him, right? I guess I guess I should say I think for the most part he's still in the right spot in the one B order, right? I'm not moving him down. So like the guy we're going to talk about next week, 
who we'll reveal in a minute. <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't take him over Christian Walker, for yeah. example, and yeah. like the rest of the guys we're going to talk about. But would I take Christian Walker over the guys that we've talked about in previous weeks? No, I don't think so. So I think so I think I think you're right. He's properly valued. If somebody else was out there saying, "Give me a crazy trade for him," fine, fine. But but I I'm not going to go out of my way to make a deal for Christian Walker right now. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Who are we doing next week? We're going to talk about Ryan Mountcastle. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.